welcome back to Invader Sports. We today is December sixth. It's actually my dad's birthday, and we're going to be talking about the Premier League. And this is the time of year where there's a tons of games. I mean, the, the schedules sometimes there's midweek, and then there's weekends, and then you got Champions League games. There's, the schedules just jam packed for the players. So hopefully, your favorite players are still healthy, and you guys had a great weekend. And uh, let's have some fun. So, Adam, I know you want to talk about some ball and Dior stuff. Yeah, so obviously we haven't been able to do a podcast uh, last week, so we missed the Ballon d'Or. But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on. So obviously we know who the winner was, Lionel Messi. And what a surprise! Asking, yeah, although yeah, you know France will decide it, and guess what? Which, which league he's playing in? Um, <laughs> I guess there's no, there's you know we can't argue the fact that whether you're Camp Ronaldo or Camp Messi. They are two of the best players ever, two of the best players, the two best players in the last two decades. However, what I want to ask is, does that mean he has the right to, you know, be given the Ballon d'Or almost based on what he's done historically rather than in this calendar year? Because, you know, you look at this calendar year and you'd say, I mean, Lewandowski, he got a bit robbed last year. Um, obviously they cancelled it because of COVID not sure why and then this year they just made up an award a new award for mm. the best I think the best goal scorer or best forward the best striker I think it was best striker so it's almost like let's give it to him without actually giving it to him so you had him uh, you had Karim Benzema um, who I mean since Ronaldo has left Real Madrid has really been their, their star man he's played some great football and I know France didn't do amazing at the Euros but he was still fab You've obviously got Salah, who, although back end of last season, so first half of the year, was playing in a subpar Liverpool for many reasons, injury-wise. He was the one that still stood out. And then this half of the year has been the best player on the planet. Um, so I just I just want to know, what, what do you guys think? Messi should have won it? Or are there any others that were in contention that you think didn't get an, enough of a mention? You got someone, Luke? I got someone. I still kind of think they should have gave it to Lewandowski. Me um, too. I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, last year was a weird one. I think he still should have been should have been awarded the trophy, but I, I'm not sure I've spoken to many people, if anyone, who has thought that Messi's been the best player in the world over the last 12 months. Um and even the bit that shocked me more, if we take the winner out, out of the equation, just how far down Salah was mm-hmm. in the list. Yeah, seventh. Which I'm kind of glad, actually, because I think he's taken that personally. And it's only going to benefit. It's only going to benefit us. I mean, we played, you know, he obviously, I think the day after when we played Everton in the Merseyside derby. And, you know, he, he got he got the, he got his, um, was he got two in the end? Was it one goal, two goals? Um, but played played uh, two goals. That's it. The first goal was absolute beautiful finish. The second goal, good run. And you know, it's almost he's got that bit between the teeth to prove everyone wrong. No, and I get that, but I still think that's that's crazy because yeah, I think you know, and I know we're obviously going to say this, but I do think the Premier League is the most competitive league in the world right now. Um, the Spanish leagues not super great um french league is is what it is and yeah i think 
even as a United fan, I think Salah should have been higher on the list. I kind of get why Jorginho was that high because he came came out with winning a World Cup and winning the Champions League. So I do get that to a degree. Um, the Euros. But yeah. Sorry, that's it, Euros. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do get that side of things, but I, th- I think Lewandowski should have won it this year anyway. Um, and then I'd, I would have put maybe Messi third and Salah second. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but that's that would be my top three. Yeah, I, I seem to never really agree with the Ballon d'Or uh, winner. I mean... I can't say that. I, you know, when Messi and Ronaldo were winning it in their prime, sure, go ahead. But the last few years have been real fishy. And when they canceled it, that was Lewandowski's year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one else was going to touch him, and they canceled it. And and now he comes in second. And it's just, it seems so strange to me while, why Messi gets it. Because what has Messi really done, out, like, done more than Lewandowski that he deserved this award? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think the argument for Messi is because of the Copa America. Uh, if he yeah. hadn't won the Copa America of Argentina, then I think he he wouldn't have got it. And I think that is almost sentimental because, you know, I don't think they they revealed the voting, but I imagine a lot of South Af- um, South American journalists, because it's, it's done by, I think it's a journalist, journalists vote. Managers. I think it's um, managers and then it's a national team football captains so i don't think you're going to get a lot of probably south american journalists vote for Lewandowski. but what i do think this is this is the last year we will see messi or ronaldo bar next year where one of them does some amazing stuff which i don't see happening i think next year will be the first year of of the rest of our lives where that's it messi ronaldo no no longer, but then you never know. Look, Ronaldo. I mean, uh, Ronaldo. There was something funny that he liked an Instagram post from a Portuguese fan stating about the facts of what he's done this year. I think uh, when you look at Ronaldo's numbers this year, he's probably feeling a bit hard done, hard done by that. You know, Messi uh, won it over him. I mean, I think he ended up the Syria top goal scorer. He broke the record for international goals um, ever. He's United's top goal scorer. He's got United for a poor United team under Oli uh, through to the Champions League uh, knockouts by literally winning them games. And I saw something actually before uh, we started recording, which said the last time Ronaldo scored when the t- his team was winning was in March this year. So that means wow. since March, every goal he has scored has put his team has either equalised or put his team in the lead. So I think maybe he's feeling hard done by it. And, you know, there's one thing that Ronaldo is best at, and that's responding to critics. So, you know, no, he might bounce back, but I think next year will be, if I had to make an early prediction, with the current trajectory of football players, is going to be Salah. Well, it should be if he keeps it up on the pace he's on. Yeah. But then again, yeah. the year he broke the record in the Premier League for goals, I thought he'd win it that year. And he came in second, right, to Messi? So what can you do at some point? And I, I just hey, feel for, for Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah, true. That, that was, like, identical, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the year we won the – it was the year we won the Champions League, I think. 
Yeah. And yeah, he, he come he comes second, but but yeah, I mean, and that, that's taking nothing away from Messi and Ronaldo, you know. But I just think just because they are the two best players of the last however many years doesn't mean that we should just be you know, giving them awards for who they are. Yeah, it kind of reminded me when, when you guys brought that up of really what people argue about in America about the NBA all-star teams. It's really based on a popularity contest, not on who's doing well that year. And it, it, it hasn't changed. No, no matter what, it stays the same. You know, people make the team and they barely have played. It's just because who they are. And you got some young kid busting his ass off that doesn't get recognition. It just happens. It happens every single year. Um, now, I'm not saying that they're not getting any recognition, especially these types of players. But it's just, come on, man. Does does Messi need another one? Like, yeah, really? About an, an interesting tweet I saw was, you know, maybe they could change it. Or, I mean, they won't. But wouldn't it be interesting if they changed it to where, you know, if you won the Ballon d'Or, that that was it. You've you win one Ballon d'Or, you will you were the best player, but then you can't win it again. But you know, then I guess if you are the best player the next year, you do deserve yeah. it. But it'd be interesting because, you know, throughout the years, there's been a lot of players that. Any other probably decade, if it wasn't for Messi and Ronaldo, we would have seen these players win the Ballon d'Or. Ribéry one year, Ibrahimovic, um, Lewandowski now, um, Van Dijk one year, uh, you know Wesley Snyder, Robin and stuff. You know, but it's because of these two freaks of nature. I get what you're saying, but to me, I think that the defeats the 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 um, purpose of the award because the award is for the best player of that year. If you start bringing but the then, exception... Yeah, to, but then I think... I just think it doesn't even show, really, that, you know, my argument around this best player as well is it's all, you know, how can you compare, obviously, a Messi or Ronaldo scoring 40-plus goals in a year is going to look better than a goalkeeper keeping 20 clean sheets, you know. Sometimes it's a bit... The forwards are always going to be favoured. Yeah, for sure. So then, you know, maybe there's a separate. If they've now done an award for Lewandowski, where you can win, you can win something for being the best striker in the world. Then we're probably not that far from seeing a best defender and a best goalkeeper mm-hmm. award. Um, it doesn't make sense why there isn't one anyway, because obviously you've got the Golden Glove, like across most com- most competitions, if not all competitions. So maybe we do end up seeing that. Maybe that's the next step where this season they've introduced the the Strikers Cup. Maybe we're just, yeah, a little bit away from seeing defenders and, and goalkeepers getting their own trophies and their own separate recognition. Well, yeah, because well, I think they the already goal... do a goalkeepers one, I think. Well, yeah, that, that started recently. That yeah. started... Allison won the first one, the Yashin Trophy. Oh, was he the first one? There we yeah. Go. yeah, the Yashin yeah. Trophy. And then the first female one was Megan Rapino. So that was started recently as well. And it looks like you could be right that they're adding on more stuff. And I'm surprised they haven't added the Defender one yet because you've basically done everything else. Yeah, it won't be far away, I don't think. Maybe another season or two. Um, but that'll be interesting. I think that should shake things up. Um, yeah, because I think, like you said, Adam, like you're always going to favor forward right so it's going to take a hell of a lot for a defender hasn't there only been one defender 
Ballon d'Or? Uh, yeah, Canna, Cannavaro won it um, 2006, so the year, the year Italy won the World Cup. Yeah. He, he basically, yeah, because they won the World Cup, I think he, he had a good tournament, so he won it for that. So, yeah, I think he's the only defender to ever yeah. have won it, or at least in the last two decades. It, so it's funny. Yeah, it's funny that they added a best striker before best defender, right? Because mm-hmm. I could see coming down the line that whoever wins the ball in Dior has a good chance. Like, if they're a striker, they're going to win best striker, obviously. And that'll be two awards, right? Where if you're a defender, like Virgil has a great, amazing historical season, and they're left with nothing. So they should add it soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it was next year. I really wouldn't. But yeah, I was I was bummed for Lewandowski. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but he he deserved it, man. He he should have gotten it the year that no one got it, and I thought that yeah. he'd get it this year, and he didn't. He lost. And he by, broke the record this year. Yeah, yeah, the highest scorer in the Bundesliga season. So I I, I do yeah. think he he goes under underlooked. That's not a word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, underappreciated. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think underappreciated. I think he's just in a league where, especially in the UK, there's probably not as much coverage as what you'd see maybe from the Spanish league and and even the Italian league. Um, so it's only really the the Champions League that you kind of see him play. But he's just unreal, and his consistency consistency as well is insane. Um, so yeah, I don't think he quite gets enough recognition sometimes. Um, I wonder yeah, if that something. does that make Holland want to get out of the German league? I don't think so because I think uh, was it Lewandowski's? It's either his last season, then he wants to move, or the season after. Um, so I, I, I don't think Haaland's going to be in the shadow for very long, maybe another year. But he's also not really in the shadow. Like so many people talk about Haaland, and he's massively appreciated as even as a young and up-and-coming player. So I don't think he has anything to worry about. I know we discussed a couple of weeks ago about him going to Bayern. If it's possible, I think that's the most likely destination for him now. Um, so we'll see. But if I was a Haaland, I wouldn't be rushing to to leave the Bundesliga thinking you're going to be in um, Lewandowski's shadow. Where does he go, Lewandowski, after this year? I think he might come to the Prem, to be honest. Yeah. I think that that could be a move to, you know, maybe Man City looking for a short-term stopgap yeah. for a striker for one or two years. Um, or you never know, Chelsea just love buying players. And Lukaku at the moment is not quite working out as I'd have hoped anyway, because I, I do really like the player. Um, but then at the same time, possibly Real Madrid always going to be looking... Italy's an option, so I think he'll stay within the top five leagues for sure for at least another couple of years. See, yeah, I, the, I did you see him? At... Sorry, go on. Good. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna transition. So talk about talk about that because I had something else, a different point. Yeah, I just I can't see him in Italy. I think I could see him in Spain for sure. I hmm. kind of could see him in the Prem, but I still think he's going to end up at Bayern because I do think Lewandowski is either going to move to somewhere in we're Spain. talking about Lewandowski oh sorry I thought you were talking about Harlan. oh Lewandowski um, about where he's going to end up if uh, Harlan joins oh, 
So well, yeah, if Holland joins Byron, that yeah, that would mean think, Lewandowski is somewhere else. So where do you think? Yeah, I think he'll end up in the Prem. I think I agree with you, Adam. I think he'll end up with City. Um, oh gosh, I think Madrid are going to be one are going to be focusing on bringing in some younger younger players, like you said, Benzema's doing really well at the moment. So I'm not sure if um, Lewandowski suits the profile of what they're looking for right now. I think all focus is going to be on Mbappe, but. We'll see. I think it's. I think definitely next summer is going to be very, very interesting because there'll be a lot of big moves um, with Mbappe and Haaland, I'm sure, in the middle of it, and Lewandowski too, probably. Speaking of, of moves, I just got an alert. I don't know if you did, Adam, uh, that Liverpool are going to try to get Paulo Dybala in January for free. Has anyone heard of this? Really? I just. I just no. got the alert. Yeah, just now. What do you think Where of that? Where did you get that from? ESPN Transfer Talk. Oh, that sounds... I'd love it, but that sounds... I think Dabala's... Dabala's meant to be signing a new contract with uh, oh. Juventus. That, they have a source here. I can't say they it. Have a, who's, the, who's their source? <laughs> Calcio, Mert, <laughs> Calcio Merto. Oh, yeah, that. Calcio Mercado. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard everything we heard from uh, Fabrizio Romano a week ago was that he was meant to be uh, signing a, a new contract. I know uh, uh, Juventus is staying there. I mean, I'd love it if it happened because we do, especially in January with Salah and Mane going to the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, that'd be a huge January move, man. Yeah, that'd be that'd be massive. I, I wonder if yeah. that's how true this is now i try not to get my hopes up with with transfer talk because pretty much like any story can be written on any day and it's really yeah hard to to sift through and see what's garbage and see what's something you can trust so yeah i, I i'm not gonna get worked up but yeah that'd be fun to watch him but i i think tiago's playing really well lately so but we still yeah, need that yeah yeah um i was gonna say so you guys were talking about uh, what's his name on Chelsea? Uh, Lukaku, right? You, yeah. You guys were talking about him. So they sold him for what? 115 million around that? Yeah, I think 115 million euros. Yeah. About yeah. Okay. So, and then they signed his replacement, Jekko, for free. And the mm. president, the president kind of threw shade on Lukaku recently. And he was like, uh, yeah, the, the inter president. And he goes, yeah, I can't really notice the difference on the pitch. <laughs> it's a $115 million difference in the budget. So that's interesting. I don't know why he'd uh, say that, but he said it. So that's, that's Italians for you. They're trying to, he probably just want, <laughs> doesn't want to sound too disappointed because no, Inter, yeah, they're doing decent. But I think, uh, I think with Lukaku, with Lukaku, if he was still there, and also, you know, them selling Lukaku, I think there's also a reason of Conte wanting to leave as well. Um, oh, really? They'd have to sell players, yeah. So I think I think it was, yeah, because they sold Hakimi. I think Conte got a bit pissed off, but I think as well he knew that they were going to probably sell Lukaku as well. Hmm. You guys, uh, speaking of him, how do you think Conte is going to do with Spurs? He'll do, he'll do well. I think it's... Uh, I mean, they went, yeah, yeah, of course, 100%. 
Um, I mean, one, he's, uh, I mean, they win their game in hand, then in the top four. Um, yeah. You know, you know he's, he's, he's come in there. He'll, he knows that the squad isn't good enough, though. He'll weed out the, he'll weed out the weak. He'll get rid of them. He'll make certain players better. I mean, you know, playing that sort of three at the back with the, with the the, the fullbacks playing as more on that, that wing back winger position. I mean, Regulon he's turned into a bit of a, a, a different animal. Um, and I think what's good for them at the moment is so yeah. You know, for example, they won they won yesterday. And and then they won the they I mean I think they've won three on the bounce now without Harry Kane scoring. So the fact that there's goals coming from everywhere in the team without their sort of talisman main man striker scoring probably make Conte happy. And you know, if I was them, and I think actually a lot a lot of Tottenham fans, well, a few that I've spoken to agree that you know cash in on Kane, or they should have probably done in the summer, try and cash in on Kane and bring someone else in because. I don't know, there seems to be a bit of a, a worrying dip in form. You know, you'd think with a new manager as well, there'd be a bit of a bounce and he'd get a few goals. But I mean, he's only scored one this season. But no, I think Conte will do. He's too good of a manager. And the fact he's gone there means they've promised him money to spend. And, you know, I don't think he'll be there for a long time because also he is a manager that can combust quite easily. But... I worryingly think he might win them their first trophy in a long time. What do you think, Luke? That'd be a shame. I mean, I still really wanted, wanted Conte at United, so I hope he doesn't do well. Um, but I'm not sure. Like I get what you're saying, Adam, but I don't know. I think it's. I think they probably promised Conte a lot of things as a club. And it's just if they decide to deliver on those things. Um, I do agree, though. I think they should probably cash in, in cash in on Kane as quick as they can now and just use that money to bring in two or three players that will be able to make the difference. Um, but the only argument is, and we'll kind of go back to what we were discussing earlier in the year, as soon as Tottenham sell Kane, everyone knows they've got so much money. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden everyone's prices bump up. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm not yeah. sure if they'll get top four. I think there's too much competition for for that position. So I think they might just miss out, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table, there's certainly going to be a race for the finish to win the league and also a race for that final fourth spot. It's It's funny, like, there's a cluster at the top and then there's a cluster for that fourth spot. So yeah, I don't know. West Ham, Tottenham, Man U, Arsenal, they've lost a couple now, but all these teams are right there. So you never know what's going to happen, but yeah, Tottenham's got a game in hand. I think it's United or Tottenham. It should be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any other team in, in serious top four contention around there. I know West Ham are having a good season and they've always got them playing. Um, you know, some good football, you know, some, and, you know, they do well in the Europa and they just beat Chelsea, but they've lost a couple of games, bounced back against Chelsea. I think they haven't got the squad to survive this this Christmas period. I've said it, you know, numerous times. I might be proven wrong, but also I think at the moment they've got certain players. When I look at, 
even Antonio, Jared Bowen, Fornells, Lanzini, you know, you sort of look at these players, apart from probably, I'd say, sort of Rice and Ben Rama, who I think are quite good. I think the rest are, on their day, good players, but on average, you know, they're not consistent. They're, they're average players who, at the moment, are playing really well. I don't mm. think they can do that all season. So, I, you know, not to damper spirits of West Ham fans, but if they get if they get top six again, I think that'll be an achievement within itself. And and like I've said, if I were them, I'd, I'd go all out for that Europa League, try and get a trophy. Mm. Yeah, I mean... And then Arsenal... Know. They are sort of, I mean, look, they've they've just blown a one nil lead against Everton. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's weird because they they visited an Everton team who have, have just been, you know, the last couple of weeks shocking, awful, dismantled by Liverpool. Um, you know, and Arsenal go one nil up, and Arsenal have been on a bit of form. Um and you'd think, you know. What I've noticed with Arsenal this season is they don't do what, you know, for example, a vintage Liverpool, and the players aren't of that calibre, no, but, you know, when you look at some some of these Liverpool City games that, you know, um, and I think even West Ham might have done it a couple of times this season or within the last year, but about, you know, you go 1-0 up and you can tell the team are inferior to you. So once you've gone one new up, you quickly go for the two, the three and, and kill the game. But at the moment with Arsenal, they seem to go one new up and then just invite pressure on and just try and do the old fashioned, you know, one nil to the Arsenal. The only difference is when they used to do the one nil to the Arsenal, they had, they had players at the back, like, you know, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, um, you know, Colo Torre, um, you know, Sol Campbell, they had these, these, these centre-backs that, that could defend and, you know, keep one nil, keep a clean sheet. And they don't have that at the moment. So I don't know why, why not. And also, Lumiang, I mean, I thought he, he, at one point this season, he'd started scoring a few goals, but he just looks like a shadow of his former self. And that is, in my opinion, a player that if I was Arsenal, I would look to sell and just bring in someone younger to, to look forward to going up front, because that's what I think they are also missing they haven't really got that number nine striker scoring that can score them you know crucial Who, goals I mean what sorry go no I was just going to say I mean like here I mean they conceded in the 91st minute to go Everton to go 2-1 up and then literally in the 96th minute Arsenal on a really beautiful move and I can't remember what player has let it go through his legs to a bum yang who's sort of um, where the penalty spot is but you know maybe like five, ten yards to the right. And all he needs to do is smash it across goal and he's he's equalising and he just fluffs his shot. And you know, that's just, you know, when you're paying that sort of player 300k a week, you're your star man, your talisman, you know, you expect him to to score that. So where does Abamian go? Do you think where does Abamian go? Who wants him? Uh, Back to Dortmund. It's probably going to be, you know, back to Dortmund, or, or or he goes to, or he goes back to it, or not back to, or he goes to Italy, somewhere, somewhere like there, you know. He does think Yeah, that that is the issue Arsenal found themselves in, and they've done this before, and it's happened again. And you know, whoever whoever sanctions these deals, sometimes you look at it, 
think, why are you doing that? Because yeah, he's he's similar to Mesut Ozil, you know. No one wants to no one wants to um, pay these players wages. So I guess Arsenal, they either need to send him out on loan and, and fork, fork up a percentage of his wages, or I would still sign another striker and just, and just have a Bamyang as a as a bench player and, and there you go. Which is a shame because at one point he was one of the best strikers in the world for a very for amount of time. But since he signed his new contract, it's just gone downhill. Yeah, talking about, you know, where all these players are going to end up and Arsenal, they really need to make another splash signing, in my opinion, to get back in the mix of things, to be seriously back in the mix of things. I mean, you know, United, they made plenty of signings and they have the team ready to go. It's just they got to figure some things out, maybe get another midfielder. But, you know, Arsenal, they're, they're really relying on their farm and uh, trying to develop players. But I think they should make a splash signing if they can, if they have the funds to do it. But having dead weight on your team is not good. But I wouldn't know if I consider him that yet. I mean, he definitely should have scored that goal. But I don't know. You, you think he's done from his uh, his peak? He's not going to touch it anymore? Yeah, he won't. Yeah, in my opinion, he won't get. He might have. You know, you might get the odd game now where you look and go, "Well, that's the Bamyang I remember." But I don't think, you know, I don't think he'll get anywhere near as good consistently where he was. Even when you just watch him play, just he doesn't look as hungry as he used to. Yeah, I know what you're saying. All right, uh, Luke, I know you had a topic in mind. Yes. I wonder what the topic's going to be. Let's hear it. Well, are we going to see a different United now? Is my question. Um, I don't know either if either of you watched the United game um, I or did. caught any of, any of the highlights. Um, but there was a lot of positives to take away from it. Um, the the t- two that stood out to me, which I'm not sure if you guys feel the same, um, was two players specifically. Um, one being Dolo, I think, because it, it's been he seems to be the the right back that we've been needing for for a long time, and the last two games he's been really really good at going forward. Um, I also thought he kept Zaha pretty much in his pocket for for a decent amount of the games. He's been really impressive. I think it would also be very difficult now for Wambasaka to make his way back into the team. But the other player, um, which I can't say without smiling, um, that's looking to turn things around is um is Fred. I thought he was thought he was great. Which you know what? I think if you go back to like five podcasts ago a month ago, I actually said with a new manager coming in, you would see Fred would probably be a player that they could turn into um, someone decent. Because I, I think the, the talent was already always there. It was just, he seems like a player that needs to be, I think you have two types of players. Sometimes you've got a player that maybe their brain, their brain is, you know, they've already got a manager, a coach's brain. They they can they can think for themselves. They know their positioning, et cetera. But then you have players that have the talent, but they need to be coached and literally told, you are here, X, you are. And this is what Ollie wasn't doing with him. And I think Ollie, where is it? Ralph uh, Ranjik, he's come in 
And I've got a point on him to make in a minute, a bit of a negative, but he's coming and obviously he he knows football tactics. He is a he he likes to consider himself and many people call him, you know, a, a football genius or you know, a football teacher. You know, when you look at Klopp, Tuchel, Nigelsman, you know, they all took um they all took um, uh, learnings from him or moulded their their football around him. So, yeah, on Fred, I think that, for me, that is probably why, and you'll probably start to see him perform. The one thing, though, that's not driving me nuts, but a little bit, a little bit like, come on, and it just proves how bad United were and probably how bad a manager Oli is, is the fact that a manager has come in and done the basics of what you'd expect a manager to do, set up a team to be tactically smart and have an identity. And he's come and done that, and now everyone's sort of raving about how brilliant they are. You know, they first half they played well, but, you know. Do you know how you, long United have been without an identity? Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't go so, as far to say as United are back. No, 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 no. I, I completely agree, and... In my mind, it there was only really it's been like forty five minutes where they've looked a more structured team. Um, so definitely wouldn't go as far to say United are back, but it was just interesting to see, you know, by the looks of it, Delo reviving his United career. He's had two really good games now um, in a row. And obviously Fred improving as well. So these are two players which a lot of people considered quote-unquote done at United. Um, So this is kind of the start of things to come. And I think it's a very positive route. But yeah, completely agree. It's definitely like I wouldn't be able to sit here and say, oh, United are back or United are going to be able to challenge for for the league in the next couple of months. But... You know, we had Oli that came in. He was here longer than he, longer than he should have been, but sort of steadied the ship after Mourinho. Um, slightly started to sink it again. But now we've. it feels like we're going in the direction which a lot of United fans have cried out for, which is, okay, now get someone that can build an identity, get someone that can push us to that next step, who knows how to coach these players. Um, so hopefully we're... we're we're kind of past the worst now, um, but we'll see. But it's definitely the, the thing that's exciting is I've I've always really liked the low. Um, more than Wan Bissaka, anyway. I, I I think he's much better going forward. There's a few questions with his defensive capabilities, but I, I think there's questions with Wan Bissaka's too. Um, so yeah, I'm actually quite excited that he's found his way back into the team and he's he's doing well. Um, and we actually have someone at right back who can go forward and push up. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a decent end to the or second half to the season. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, the last international break, when I saw Fred playing with Brazil, I was like, wow, he's really good because mm-hmm. he had a lot of runs upfield and he looked really strong and decisive in his moves. So I was interested to see what he'd do when he got back from the break. And it looks like he's playing well. So. That's good for you. Good for United fans to have a decent player in the midfield. Yeah, but it seems to be, there seems to be some trend with that because uh, a friend of ours made the point with Maguire as well. When he plays for England, he's much better than when he plays for United. 
Um, and then, you know, there's similar situations across the field with United. And that's when you really have to start quite questioning how much of it is down to the manager because they're able to go away, play for their national teams and do so much better than they do for the club. So hopefully, like I said, we're at a point now where we can build an identity again. We can move forward and, and you know, not so much go for a title, but at least get top four comfortably and go to wherever we need to go next year. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully an exciting time. Okay. Um, yeah, I hope so, man, for the sake of, for the sake of your franchise. And I think that's a positive, you know, got a couple wins and, uh, yeah. All right. So last couple things I want to talk about were the Villa game. I was, I was watching this along with the Man U game and, you know, there's a couple good games yesterday, but when I saw that goal overturned at halftime, just before halftime. And you said it was Ali Watkins, right, Adam? I think so. It was, or was it, it was him or Konza, I think. Can't yeah, exactly. I can't. It, there was like a scrum out front, and the goaltender yeah. barely got a couple fingers on the ball, and then the player knocked it home. And in my opinion, that's that's a goal. Like, did what did you think? I think it was a, it, it should have stood because I don't think Schmeichel had yeah, full control of the ball. I mean, when you look at it, he sort of. At the point of him putting his hand on the ball, so he gets sort of kicked. I think if he'd got two hands on it, then yeah, maybe there's an argument. But that's yeah, one right. of those rules where you probably replay that moment another ten times, and seven out of ten is given, and the three times it's not. It's one of those rules that was written many years ago that I've hasn't been updated, or that sort of situation is quite a freak situation that they don't. You know, we probably won't see something like that happen for another few years or whatever. But no, I, yeah. I think the goal should have stood. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. And I was thinking, all right, well, no way that Villa wins this game now. They, Of course they do. Consa gets the brace. But it, it's just, I hate when that kind, of, that kind of stuff happens. Like, it was just, wait till you see it, Luke. Like, he barely had possession. Barely. And no, he didn't have possession. He barely had his fingers on the ball and the guy yeah. and they, and they called the goal away. I'm like, how man, how? And he looked at it like twice and he still decided to take the goal away, but Villa ends up winning. So no harm, no foul. Um, last couple things. The Salah contract talk is getting me really nervous. And I hate that. It's like this at this point, because even he said, if it was in my hands, I'd still be, I'd be, I'd sign, I'd resign. So, do I have a right to be nervous? No, I think it'll be all right. I think. All right. Also, the 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 club Liverpool, they're putting out tweets every now and again about Salah. Little little drop little drops of tweets that are just. I think it's timing on this one. I, I think we'll be fine. I think okay. Liverpool Liverpool wants it. Klopp wants it. The fans want it. Salah wants it. Yeah, I think it'll make be it happen. Right. I, I think it'll be all right. You know, I think they'll they'll come to an agreement where salaries rewarded and paid the the amount. If we if we look in football terms, because it's obviously it is ridiculous, but in football terms, he's paid an amount which credits his his skill. So I think that'll be fine. But you know, 
unless Divokariki is going to turn into this <laughs> goal scorer, another memor- another memorable goal. I tell you what, if you if you you know if if you ever show show a kid in 20, 30 years time Divokariki's highlights, they'll probably think he was the best player in the world with. The, the crucial goals. I think I, I again. I I was listening to something today, and I think it was. I think Origi scored thirty six or thirty seven goals in, in his Liverpool career, which actually isn't a lot considering he joined the club in twenty fourteen. But I think sixteen of them are memorable goals. With and and five of them, I think they said so. Fifth, sixteen, fifteen or sixteen sort of memorable, semi important goals. And then five goals, which are you know, truly iconic. When you look at the, you know, the the one against the the winner against Everton, um, the Barcelona goal, Barcelona, two yeah. Barcelona goals, the the Tottenham goal in the final um, when we were going for the league, and, and he scored that important one against Newcastle. Um, albeit we didn't win the league that season, but they're they're important goals, and he seems to be he seems to be happy, but actually. When I was talking to my uncle earlier, he made the point, it's funny, Klopp, after the Wolves game, you know, he, he was coming out and, you know, Klopp, Klopp is obviously, I think he's genuine, but he's also clever when he's saying, you know, he's one of the best finishes he's ever seen and he can't wait for him to find a manager that's going to play him more. And it's all these little quotes that you know that he's, because they wanted to sell him in, in, in the summer, but no club met the valuation that they're, and now, you know, little comments which make probably other managers, other clubs look at Origi and think, you know, he's only 26, let's, let's take a punt on him. And I hope wherever he does end up, because I think he will leave Liverpool eventually. I do hope he, he goes on to do good things and, and win more trophies because, you know, he, he, he'll be a cult hero for sure. Yeah, and it's without a doubt, he's clutch. You can't deny he's clutch. Yeah. He, he scores goals at crazy times. Uh, yeah. Like even, even the Everton game alone, like that was insane. How that ball just hung up up there, and he had the presence of mind to just wait for it. But yeah, I'd be surprised if if he's still here next year. I think I think a team will take a chance on him, and I hope he does well. You know, he maybe, is like a, someone I always appreciate. Maybe a Newcastle target <laughs> could be possibly. Could, yeah, that could happen. I could definitely see that happening. Now, looking ahead to next week, we have Gerard coming back in town to Anfield. Man, I'm like nervous for this game for some reason. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Just I mean, I want um, people to lose, so right. <laughs> and, uh, another another game against Villa, a game we need to win and and yeah, win well. You got to look so outside no, the no no emotions, you know. No emotions. I hope, he, I hope he does well. I hope I hope after you know they can finish second in the league if they want. But if we've got to go and win five six nil, I'll take us winning five and six nil. You know, he's he's a club legend. Love the guy. Want him to do all the best because eventually he, you know, probably will become Liverpool manager. I, I would like that, especially if he's successful. But I think you know, and and Gerard will be be the same. He'll throw the emo- He won't be emotional about. He might be emotional to a point about coming to Anfield and and being there for the first time in the dugout for for years but you know he's going to want to win the game as well so no yeah it's it's, it's football at the end of the day it's gonna be fun though it's definitely gonna be fun i can't wait to see it i mean as soon as he signed on i was looking ahead to when we played them and uh yeah i can't wait 10 a.m for me so 
pretty much right when I wake up, I get to watch this game and uh, I can't wait to see it. So uh, who do you guys got this weekend, Luke? Let's look. I haven't checked actually, which is quite bad of me. Um, Norwich, Norwich. Norwich. Oh. We so should win we that ha- game. Yeah. So we've yeah. got, we've got young boys, I think, is it tomorrow night or the night after Wednesday evening? We've got uh, young boys and then Norwich at the weekend. So realistically, an easy week, I'd like Oof. to say, but. Wow, I'm looking at your games the rest of the month, man. Yeah, we've got a, little, a, a lot of winnable games. A little love here for a man you schedule. You got young boys in the Champions League, Norwich, mm-hmm. Brentford, Bright, Brighton, Newcastle, and then Burnley. So you guys should finish out the year strong. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we're still at a point in the season, what, 10, 10 points behind Liverpool? Yeah. I think, or 11 points. 10 points, 10 points behind Liverpool. I'm hoping we close the gap a little bit by the end of the year, but we'll wait and see. I think it's, uh, we'll know soon enough, but yeah. kind of with- like I was saying earlier about uh, with Adam, you know, I'm not at a point yet where it's like everything's changed. We're in a really good place. We're going to do super well. We've got un- like a new identity all fleshed out. I'm just happy that we, we got a win. We looked more comfortable. We got a clean sheet for the first time since so I think it was like March or something. Our first clean sheet since then. So there's a, a lot of positives to take away and I just hope it continues. Um, but we'll wait and see. Uh, we've got Cavani coming back next week, I think. And then Varane should be back. So fingers crossed it's going to be a good, good end to the year. Yeah. I mean, Looking at those games, Man U should have a lot of cheers coming at the end of this year. But uh, we'll see. You ne- you never know. That's why they play the games. So, well, uh, lastly, my last thing I need to say here, West Ham beat Chelsea. So that makes the top of the table look like this. City with 35, Liverpool with 34, Chelsea with 33. That is insane. So uh, I wonder who's going to be in first place come end of the season. And I think it could be this tight. You know, obviously not one point, but I think it'll be very close for the whole rest of the season we'll have to wait and see what happens but this is crazy so far absolutely crazy have you guys ever remembered a season like this starting like this with teams that close together um yeah there was there was a few i mean it's a bit to be fair the the the, the, that was two teams but you know city and liverpool a few seasons ago um I remember that one. And then I, I and then I remember. Um, I mean, there was that one point where it, it looked like it was going to be Tottenham, Leicester, Arsenal when uh, Leicester went and won the league. Um, but this close, uh, probably not, not, not since three teams. The, yeah, three teams. Three that's teams. What, that's the kicker. Yeah, probably not since. I think there might have been a season where it looked like it was going to be a Chelsea, United, City at one point, or or then you go even further back when it was. Sort of Chelsea United um, and and Liverpool, I think sort of in the 09 season and stuff. Yeah, not for a, not for a long, not this close, not with three teams as good as probably the three best teams in Europe, and they all play completely different. Chelsea probably are the ones that I think play honestly play the worst, but are the best at grinding out results. Whereas Liverpool this season just looked to be all gun ho and. An attack and going forward, and and to be fair, since Thiago and Fabinho have been able to play in midfield together, 
we've we've I think we've conceded one goal in the last five games. So that's yeah. so that is, that is also a positive. So I mean they've played together, they've played 14 or 15 games and and won 13 of them, drawn one. So, yeah, the goal differential has been insane. Yeah. I mean, those two together plus Henderson, that's a match made in heaven. It really yeah. is. So I love watching I, those three play as well. Yeah. No, Fred, my only worry is with um, my only worry is with City <laughs> being top. City have had a habit in the whenever they've won the league that when they get top and they maybe start to pull away, they can they can go on a run January, February, March time of 12, 13 games, just win, 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 win. But who knows? Who knows? A long way to go. It's ex- it's exciting from a, a neutral perspective. Yeah. Um, if it stays like this, hopefully. Once we get out the end of the Christmas period, I think sort of end of January time, we'll have a clear picture of if it's a three horse, two horse, or one team's pulled away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Yeah. I mean, if, if they're that this close, even at the end of the year, I'll be surprised. Uh, but you never know. It could happen. So, all right. We got some more games coming coming this week and this weekend. So we'll be back next week to talk about them. And if you guys want to join in on the conversation, see Invaders at gmail.com or find us online at Invaders Sports on Instagram and Twitter or at Scene Invaders on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, yeah, see you next time. Oh, thank you.